Controllers podcast. My name is Marissa Pierce, and I'm going to be your host today. Our guest this week is Kylene Spangauer. Kylene is the former University of Iowa Golden Girl and is currently serving as Miss Wisconsin 2022 in the Miss America organization. Throughout her competitive twirling career, she has been a United States twirling team member where she has won multiple gold medals at the World Championships with her team, Julie's Touch of Silver. She has placed top five in the National Majorette Competition, Collegiate National Solo, and College Miss Majorette of America multiple times while representing the University of Iowa. She's now rounding out the final week of being Miss Wisconsin, and we are so happy to have you as a guest before you pass on the crown to the new Miss Wisconsin 2023. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're really excited. I know that Shaylee was super excited to interview you, and I'm super excited to interview you. I feel like we've kind of gotten to know each other through the twirling world, but we've never really like spoke on like a deeper level than just like yes today. So I'm yes. very excited to get to know you uh, and to kind of see see how your like last year has been. It's been kind of crazy, uh, and so yeah. So obviously, all yes. of us know that you're serving as Miss Wisconsin 2022 and yes. you kind of earned that title in a really crazy way. You were a former Miss Wisconsin's outstanding teen. Um, I remember when you won that, even like, mm-hmm. even though it seems like a while ago, I remember when you won that and you represented baton twirling. So it's such a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we all know that the current Miss America is, was the Miss Wisconsin. So yes. tell us, tell me a little bit about that. Tell me how you kind of got this title and now you're going to be passing it on which is sad, but it's kind of, it's kind of cool how you got it. So tell me a little bit about uh, your last couple months as Miss Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, like you said, you know, it's been a really exciting past few months and I certainly got the position in a very unique way. The Miss Wisconsin competition last year, I placed first runner up that to my friend Grace and Grace went on to become Miss America in December. And so right after she became Miss America, you know, my family and I, we had a watch party and we were freaking out. We were so excited that she won. But my grandma came up to me and then she was all like, oh, congratulations. You know, you're the new Miss Wisconsin. And so it really has been a whirlwind ever since. The board reached out to me and they offered me the role. And so at the end of December, I officially became Miss Wisconsin 2022 and got to finish out the year that Grace started. So it's been really fun getting to travel throughout Wisconsin and not only promote baton twirling, because I certainly did a lot of my talent while I was Miss Wisconsin, but also promote my community service initiative and promote everything that goes into being involved in the Miss Wisconsin organization and the Miss America organization as well. And something really neat about the way everything worked out is that when I was Miss Wisconsin's Outstanding Teen in 2016, I crowned Grace as Miss Wisconsin's Outstanding Teen in 2017. And then she crowned me as Miss Wisconsin. So we kind of had this really neat, like, you know, five year, six year later thing where I crowned her and then she crowned me. So it's kind of like a full circle moment. Yeah, that's so that's so cool. I didn't know that. That's, that's awesome. And it's so cool that it kind of it all came. It's like hindsight's 2020. You never know. It's that's, that's yes. Awesome. So obviously, you said that you had a platform and you've done a lot of twirling uh, the last mm-hmm. couple of months. So what is your current platform that you are serving on? And that uh, like your your initiative in the Miss America organization? Yeah, so my community service initiative is No Means No Sexual Assault Education. After the Miss Wisconsin competition where I placed for up, I knew that I needed to find a job in the Wisconsin area because I had just moved home and I found a job at Reach Counseling in Nina, which is close to where I live. Um, and Reach Counseling is a sexual assault counseling center. So we have a counseling program, an advocacy program, a prevention education team, and a sex offender treatment program. And I got a job there as a prevention educator and youth and teen advocate. So I would get to go to different schools in the area and give presentations on safe and unsafe actions. 
body autonomy and different protective behaviors while also talking about sexual abuse with the older kids, especially. And then also work with young survivors of sexual abuse and their non-offending family members. So that was what I was doing before becoming Miss Wisconsin. And so then once I did become Miss Wisconsin, I started promoting my community service initiative. And it's been really neat to see how there's kind of a crossover between my job and the Miss Wisconsin role. I decided to keep working full-time in addition to being Miss Wisconsin, which I don't always recommend because I was really tired for the past six months, but it yeah. was really neat to have that crossover and be able to give presentations as Miss Wisconsin on the topics that I was also giving presentations on and for reach counseling. So it was really cool to have that crossover. I did all those presentations. I partnered with a lot of sexual assault crisis centers in the area, and then also had an online campaign during Sexual Assault Awareness Month in April. So it's been really exciting getting to promote that message. And it's not always an easy topic to discuss or a conversation to have. So it's been really fun trying to navigate that and have that conversation throughout the state of Wisconsin. That's awesome. That's so, I feel like it's something, a topic that's, I, like you said, it's something that I wouldn't necessarily say it's taboo, but it's not, it's not talked about because sometimes it is yeah. a comfortable conversation to have. It's hard to talk about. Absolutely. So I, I, the promotion of that and doing all that. Uh, I know Michigan State does a really great job of doing that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. I definitely know that at a younger age, I feel that it would have been very beneficial. So knowing that you go into schools and you share that, or you go into groups of even teenagers, uh, it's, it's so awesome that you do that. I feel like it's a education awareness that people should, people should know about and people should be aware, mm -hmm. uh, especially, honestly, just because of the world today. So I feel like, I feel like that's really cool that you've kind of also taken that you know, taking your platform that you had for Miss Wisconsin and also turned it into, you know, this is your real life job and you're, you're double crossing on it. And I think that's, I think that's really awesome uh, that you found yeah. something passionate about, but you can also relate into the real world. Cause sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, you, you feel like you're in a pageant or you're in the twirling environment and it's not really the real world. And it's like, well, you know, outside of this, I have a real job where you kind of get to go back and forth and uh, relate your pageant life to your real life. And it's, I feel yes. like that's, that's really awesome. So uh, obviously we know that your time is with Miss Wisconsin is coming to a close um, and the baton twirling world is very sad about it. I know that um, <laughs> watching people on the Miss America stage or even just as, as a state title holder uh, to me growing up and watching pageants has always been something that I've always wanted to do. Probably never going to do it, <laughs> but I'll, I'll live vicariously through everybody else that has done it. Um, and, and we all know that twirling has been your talent. Um, we wouldn't be having you on here if it wasn't, but I have yes. to ask, So obviously you twirled for the University of Iowa. You've twirled on a spectacular team in Wisconsin. Uh, how did you get into twirling? What was, what was your first step in, in twirling and, and how did you end up, well, how did you end up here really? Yeah. So I always think it's funny when I think about how I started baton twirling because it was all just an opportunity of chance. My whole family pretty much has always been cheerleaders, all the women in my family. So my mom, both my grandmas, my aunt, my cousins, and my mom wanted me to be a competitive cheerleader. And so she wanted to put me in dance classes when I was really young. And all of the studios in our hometown and in the surrounding area didn't take me when I was about like three years old. They said I was too young. And Julie's Touch of Silver and Oshkosh took 
you know, girls at three or two and a half. And so she signed me up for a combination class. Uh, We call it a combo class where it's dance, baton and tumbling. And so she put me in this class thinking, oh, baton or dance and tumbling, you know, that'll be a really great skill to have if I wanted to be a competitive cheerleader. And it just happened to have baton in it. And I ended up falling in love with baton twirling. And that was how I got started in everything. So sometimes when I think about that, I just think it's so crazy that it all was you know, everything that's happened in my life, it's really been centered around baton twirling and it all happened from that kind of opportunity of chance. Absolutely. That's so awesome. I feel like, I feel like I can say the same thing. Everything that's happened in my life the last, I don't know how many years, I'm 21. So a lot of years uh, it's been <laughs> around twirling and it's, it's definitely benefited um, my life personally. And I feel like, especially yours, uh, you've gotten the opportunity to do such awesome things and promote such awesome things, honestly, through a sport that you never thought could possibly end up uh, where, where you're at today. So that's, that's really awesome. So obviously, like I said, twirling has impacted our life. How, how is, twir- how is twirling really impacted your life? Um, whether that be on a level of where you went to school or a level of how, what you're doing today and to promote the sport and, uh, so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of like we were both just talking about in the question before, baton twirling really has impacted, I mean, as you said, your life, but also my life too. I mean, it's literally shaped everything I've done. And when I think back, like, oh, what if I hadn't, you know, been in this baton twirling class? What if my mom had decided, oh, I'll just wait another year and put her in a dance class that's closer to our hometown? I mean, my life would look completely different. I can't even picture what it would look like. Baton twirling led me to getting involved in the Miss Wisconsin organization as a teen title holder because I wanted to get more opportunities to twirl um, and perform so that I could twirl at a college. Baton twirling led me to the University of Iowa, my dream school where I was the feature twirler there. And that had a huge impact on my twirling career. And even from there, all the opportunities at Iowa, I wouldn't have had any of those that have stemmed into my real career and other skills that I've had if I hadn't gone there because of baton twirling. And then obviously getting involved in the Miss Wisconsin organization again, becoming Miss Wisconsin. I mean, all of that would have looked completely different. So in a way, baton twirling has literally impacted every single area of my life and has definitely impacted my life for the better. Yeah, absolutely. That's so awesome. So like you said, uh, you twirled at the, like I said before, you twirled at the University of Iowa. Uh, You just said it was your dream position. uh, And Mm -hmm. I know that through my experience of watching the University of Iowa Golden Girls, I've lived through the Chelsea Russell era, the Whitney Anderson <laughs> era. I feel like I've lived yeah. through that era um, and watching and growing up and, and seeing it. So what obviously Whitney Zachary Anderson went there and that is Julie's daughter. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes. you know, I feel like that's, that's pretty close to home for you. And what made you choose the University of Iowa? What was your big draw? What was the what was the reason, the big reason why you wanted to twirl uh, at Iowa? Yes. Well, like you said, I mean, Julie's daughter, Whitney, was the Golden Girl feature twirler before me. And so when it came time, I think it was right before I got into high school, my mom was like, oh, we should go to a football game and just see if this is even something that you would consider doing in the future. Right. We kind of had that conversation. Julie had it with us, too. And she was like, you should go to an Iowa game, right? Because Whitney twirls there. It was pretty close to home, only about four and a half hours away. So we made the trip right before my freshman year of high school started. And I mean, I watched Whitney on the field. I watched her do her pregame pep rallies and I just absolutely fell in love. And I don't know if it's because it was my first ever like experience being there firsthand to witness a collegiate feature twirler, or if it was just because the University of Iowa just felt extra special or felt, um, made me feel like I really belonged there. I don't know what it was, but just from that moment on, I knew that I wanted to be a feature twirler. And not only that, but I wanted to be the golden girl feature twirler. So all throughout high school, I mean, that was always the end goal. Anytime I was practicing or 
you know, didn't want to practice, right. And needed a little bit of extra motivation. It was always, well, this is because I want to be the golden girl. Um, and, you know, leading up to the audition and everything, I mean, I practiced solely for that role and it really just was like a dream come true. That was the first audition that I had. And it was really easy once they offered me the role to say, yes, absolutely. I would love to be the golden girl feature twirler. So pretty much from that moment, when I saw Whitney there, I just knew that that was where I wanted to be too. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's a position that is very coveted in the sport of baton twirling. There are very, there's a lot of positions at a lot at a lot of universities, but there is a lot of positions that are talked about. And I feel like Iowa has always been a very uh, big position and a very like very well known position. I think it might be. I think it might be the Golden Girl thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, right. You know? And I feel like that stands out when you say that, like, well, I'm the golden girl. <laughs> I feel like that's like, yeah. so cool. and, uh, I, I, I think that's so awesome. And it's so great to see someone living their dream. And obviously growing up in that kind of environment, I feel like, I feel like that's, that's really cool that you, uh, you worked mm-hmm. for what you, for what you've earned. And I feel like the biggest end goal for most twirlers is to be a collegiate feature twirler. It's really not yeah. placing, you know, or winning or doing things like that. It's really about getting to represent your university that, that that you love so much. So it's really cool mm-hmm. and really awesome to hear you speak so highly of your university. Uh, do you mm-hmm. have any, like, do you have any memories from your time as a golden girl that, that really stand out to you? I do. I, well, like you were saying, it's so special to become a feature twirler. And I feel like it's primarily because every school has traditions that you learn as a twirler and you get to take part of and and be a part of, and that helps you become part of the marching band as well. And so some of my favorite memories at Iowa are because of the traditions that we have. Um, My freshman year, we started this tradition, not just for the marching band, but for the entire stadium, we would all turn after the first quarter and face the children's hospital across the street and do the Iowa wave and kind of recognize the kids that are in the hospital that might be struggling with cancer or other diseases or going through a tough time and just recognizing how important that is. And at the end of the day, like they're truly fighting for something really important up there. So that has always been a favorite memory, a favorite tradition. Well, something that's really neat too, that not a lot of people know about is that after the third quarter, um, right before the fourth quarter starts, there's a little bit of a lull there. The drum major and I would get to go up to the top floor of the hospital where they would have different game day activities for the kids that would be at the hospital. And we would get to spend so much time hanging out with the kids up there, allowing them to try on the drum major hat, play with the mace, play with my batons, learn a little bit of baton twirling. We would play games with them. And so those moments definitely have become very important and precious memories to me, especially now that I'm no longer the golden girl there. I think that's a really unique thing that is very unique to Iowa. Um, And that has definitely been one of my favorite traditions and favorite memories too. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool that Iowa has such a special thing like that. And it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not just impacting, you know, a student's life at Iowa, it's it's impacting so much bigger. And I feel like Mm -hmm. the Iowa wave, I know about the Iowa wave and I'm not (laughs) remotely close to Iowa. Um, I don't even like really, I I don't know a lot about Iowa, but I know about the Iowa wave. That that is such a special thing to your university that I feel like stands out and something that you really can change someone's life. Um, even in the smallest wave, Mm -hmm. wave, literally. Right. (laughs) I like that. I like that. Right. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like it's so, it's so cool that you had the opportunity to do that. And uh, even the drum major, you know, had that opportunity. So it's, that is very Mm -hmm. awesome. I I did not know that you did that. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, 
Yeah. It's, I feel like that's so special. Like I, I feel like you're just really, it's not just about at that point, it's not just about twirling. It's about something, something mm-hmm. so much bigger and yep. it, it, that just really stands out. So that's, that's really cool. Um, yep. but no, so now that you have graduated from Iowa, uh, and you are starting to work in the real world, like we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, you know, twirling, I feel like has helped me a lot professionally. How has twirling helped you professionally? Um, whether that's in your job or even in your job as Miss Wisconsin. Hmm. I mean, twirling is a really fun and unique thing. And so at my office, just in like a little fun way that it's, you know, affected me of um, in my office, everybody has gotten to know that I'm Miss Wisconsin and therefore has gotten to know that I'm a baton twirler. And so I've become very well known around the office. That's a big way how it's literally impacted my entire like essentially like my workplace and everything too. Um, I have a couple coworkers that like to throw things at me sometimes and be like, Oh, twirl this. And usually it's like a pen or it might be, I don't even know one time, one of them threw this, like, like ruler thing. I don't know. We have a lot of fun with it. And so in a very, you know, uh, like minor way, twirling um, has certainly given me these like skills with coworkers to be like the fun person around the office, but in a serious way too. um, Aside from baton twirling and learning how to twirl baton, when you become a baton twirler, you learn a lot of really important lessons, lessons about hard work, um, picking yourself back up again after you fail or drop, right? Because you drop it more than you catch it. And what do you do? You don't just leave the baton on the ground, you pick it back up and keep going. And I feel like that's a really great analogy for life in general, but also in the workplace too. Um, things aren't always easy. There can be, you know, difficult moments between coworkers, difficult moments for different programs that you might be a part of or the job itself. And especially in my line of work, we have a lot of difficult situations come up every single day. Um, working in direct service with survivors of sexual assault is very taxing um, emotionally and physically. And so I feel like being in baton twirling really taught me that lesson about what truly is important in life. And then also how to kind of pick yourself back up when you're feeling down. And so I feel like that's been the biggest impact, especially in my, my real world job now is, you know, those lessons about being determined, uh, hard work really does pay off and that, you know, if hard things happen, it's okay. Just keep on going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like twirling, some people don't, maybe not, you know, they don't realize if they don't understand the life that you live, it teaches you so much more than just how to twirl the baton and how mm-hmm. to practice from, you know, nine to nine or how to, how to do those like basic things that you tell people about. It's, it teaches you so much more. So it's, it's good to hear that twirling has really, has really impacted your life. Uh, obviously now that you're done competing in your competitive career and your collegiate career is over and I, you are officially an alumna or alumni, uh, what, where do you see yourself in the baton twirling space in 10 years? Do you see yourself judging or coaching or coming back and doing something? Uh, where do you see yourself? Yeah, I certainly would love to be a judge. And I feel like, especially in the past couple of years, I've had a lot of opportunities to get to go to different twirling camps and teach and learn a lot from other teachers there too. I think baton twirling itself is a really incredible and intricate form of art And so learning from really great twirlers that I used to look up to is something that I've just absolutely fallen in love with. And that's really inspired me to want to be a judge and also be a really good judge, right? And, and, you know, take all these lessons that they've taught me and things that I've learned from them and apply them to judging. So I definitely hope, you know, five, 10 years from now to be in that judging position. Um, You know, hopefully maybe still doing some twirling camps here and there just because I do love twirling a little bit Um, and just staying a part of the baton twirling world in general that way as well. Um, maybe in the future, I'll have 
you know, a daughter, um, maybe I'll put her in baton twin classes and see if she likes them. And we'll just see if, you know, that changes her life that the same way baton twin changed my life. Yeah, absolutely. I can tell you that you as a judge would be very, very good. You have experience uh, <laughs> that I feel like a lot of people don't have. I always talk about the one thing I wish I did, and this might sound a little crazy, is I always wish I did a core. And I don't know why, mm. but especially I really like, uh, like, not the twirling core, but the marching core or the, yeah. exactly what it's called. Now that I'm thinking about parade it. Core. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Parade core. <laughs> I w- I've always wanted to be in a parade core. I don't know why mm-hmm. it's probably, you know, not like an easy thing to do, but in my mm-hmm. mind, I just would love to be there. And like, especially watching Julie's my whole life want to be out marching. Uh, that might sound a little, <laughs> but I feel like that is also an experience that a judge sometimes like in my case, I, I've done parade for with my mother's group, who is a local mm-hmm. group and not at a big competition. Um, so I've had been very, very fortunate to at least understand how parade for works. But even for some yeah. individual twirlers who have never done anything like that, it's very different. And as a judge, mm-hmm. very different than going out there and doing a two minute and 30 second solo. So I feel yes. like with the judge would be very beneficial. <laughs> <laughs> and then space because sometimes there are things that you're not thinking about, um, even myself, mm-hmm. and that you would be thinking about because you went, you know, you went through that kind of stuff. So it's kind of it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting, and I can't wait to see where you're at in ten years. Hopefully, I will be doing. Thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> life takes you in crazy ways. But that's right. Awesome, and uh, I definitely think we need more more people like you, uh, judging and coaching and teaching Thank and. You. Doing- like that. So, uh, mm-hmm. as we're as we're rounding out uh, a couple of our last questions, uh, obviously you've been through a lot in your twirling career. You've you've placed top five in very big competitions at AYOP. You have had the opportunity to compete uh, internationally and win gold medals. Um, I feel that a lot of twirlers sometimes see big big people like you who are awesome, <laughs> great things for the sport. Uh, and they just want to know what, what advice would you give to them? Um, whether you're an elite twirler, whether you're a novice twirler, whether you're just a twirler who wants to be a major, what advice would you give to a twirler today? Yeah. Um, I guess I would give just a couple pieces of advice. I mean, the first one, obviously like never giving up, right? Like if you have a dream and you have your heart and, and your mind set on something, go for it, you know, put in the work, put in the effort and, and never give up on that dream. But um, I have another piece of advice that kind of contradicts that a little bit. It might be more of an unpopular uh, piece of advice, but also recognizing that while you have certain goals and dreams, life works in the craziest of ways. And sometimes certain dreams don't pan out, right? Um, and that doesn't mean that you can't set other dreams and other goals for yourself. And maybe those will come true. But I mean, like, you know, I dreamed of being the Iowa Golden Girl Future Twirler. And I, I got that dream, right? I worked really hard for it. And that that was my dream come true. But I also dreamed of being Miss Major of America. Um, and I never quite got there. And a lot of girls don't ever get there either, even though a lot of us dream about it. And I don't think it's a bad thing to acknowledge that and say, hey, you know, this was a dream. And it was something that like, especially me growing up and kind of getting out of my competitive twirling phase, I had to kind of accept and acknowledge and be like, okay, that was my dream. I worked really hard, but it never came true. It never happened for me. And that's okay. There are so many other things that happen in life um, that can be your, you know, your dream come true moments. And life really, as I said before, happens in the craziest of ways. And this past year has certainly been proof of that to me. Um, And so again, acknowledging, you know, you know, never give up on your dreams, really shoot for the stars and everything. But sometimes if those dreams don't pan out, that's okay too. And you can always set new dreams for yourself and see where life takes you. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like 
uh, especially in a space where you place top five a lot or you mm-hmm. do things and you have that dream in mind. Um, and especially for even a toilet like you where COVID really affected, you know, yeah. there was two years of no AYOP. I know that affected me even or three years, no, two years. Okay, no AYOP. Uh, <laughs> How many years, right? <laughs> yeah, like now it's kind of like, oh, it's mushed in my brain together. I'm right. Uh, no, but two years of no AYOP, that, I mean, that's two years of even myself being a collegiate twirler, I wasn't, I couldn't compete because of COVID. So it's, yeah. it's the same thing. You know, you get two years taken away from you that you thought you might have had, um, you know, to, to try to accomplish those dreams. And it's definitely something that you have to flip the page and say, it's okay. So it's it's yeah. nice to hear that sometimes when your your dreams that you thought you were going to achieve don't come true, it's okay because life, life works in mysterious ways and other yeah. dreams will come true down the line that you never maybe yes. thought or, you know, would. So I, I feel like Absolutely. that's such a great piece of advice, whether that's whether that's a national title or whether that's being a majorette on the field in your high school. Yes. Band. I feel like any of that, you can just relate back to any of those scenarios. So as we're finishing our interview, I always finish with the same question. So does Shaylee. Uh, obviously, Only Twirlers is a very large brand in the twirling world. And yes, we have a lot of merchandise that, that you know that Shaylee has created throughout the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Is there? Do you have a favorite piece of Only Twirlers merch uh, that you have or that you would like to have um, that you'd <laughs> like to share? <laughs> Oh my God. Well, yes, literally everything. Shaylee makes so many fun and like relevant rolling clothes. And I feel like like she started only twirlers kind of when I was getting towards the end of my twirling career. So I never really got to experience like all of the merch that's come out. Um, But I definitely love the classics. I love the boom, no drops, um, the t-shirts, the sweat towels. Oh my God. I go, I used to go through so many sweat towels and I would always lose them at AYOP. So I definitely love the sweat towels. I love all of the different tank top designs, um, but especially just even the classic only twirlers one. Um, And now she has them in those crop tops, the sports bras, and especially the crew necks. I am a sucker for crew neck sweatshirts and I do not have an only twirlers crew neck. And that is something that I need to purchase immediately or ask like my fiance and be like, hey, you should get me this as a wedding gift or something because I love the crew necks. Yes, no, you'll definitely need one. You'll ha- I'll have to tell Shaylee for you. Who will love that answer. So that is, that is so awesome. So thank you so much for coming on and interviewing today. Um, we are so honored to have you and good luck in your next week as you finish out uh, your final days as Miss Wisconsin. Uh, know that only twirlers and the rest of the twirling community is very proud of you. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Marissa. Thank you. All right, everyone. Again, my name is Marissa, and I'm the host today of Talking with Celebrities. Thank you so much, Kylie, for being here with us, and stay tuned.